Today our scripture will be taken from Genesis 11. Genesis 11. So for please read from verse 1 to verse 9. Verse 1 to verse 9. Genesis 11. Yeah. And the whole earth was of one language. Yes. And of one speech. Okay, the whole earth was of what language? One language. I can't hear you, church. How many languages? One language. One language. How many speeches? One speech. One speech, yes. And it came to pass, yeah. as they journeyed from the east, mm. that they found a plain in the land of Shina. Okay. They dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick, mm. and burn them thoroughly. Yeah. And they had brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower. We are building a city and a tower. Okay. Whose top may reach unto heaven. Mm. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Okay. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord. The Lord came down. To see what the children of men are building. And the Lord said, mm. Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And thus they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, okay. which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. Mm. So the Lord scattered them abroad from them yeah. upon the face of all the earth and they left off to build the city therefore is the name of it called Babel okay. because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth all right. and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth so the Lord did what he scattered them upon the face of all the earth Genesis 9.1 so we are going back to first of all understand you know if a people are building their city why is god concerned many of us have read this scripture before or have encountered it one way or the other and people have come together they want to build their city why is god interested in it to the extent that he comes not only to scatter them but as a, a way of scattering them he has to now change their languages and bring confusion in the, to the extent that the unity they had by virtue of the oneness of language is broken and now people have to now find the commonalities they have in terms of language and move in that direction and so god scattered them using language you and, and he broke their unity why is why was god interested they are not the only ones building anything why was god interested stuff we read and God blessed Noah and his sons yeah. and said unto them, yes. Be fruitful and multiply yeah. and replenish the earth. Now verse 7. And you, be ye fruitful and multiply. Yes. Bring forth abundantly in the earth All right. and multiply therein. And multiply therein. Now, when you go back to Genesis, after God created man, the instruction God gives to man is very simple. Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the entirety of the earth. 
fill the earth because the Lord had created an earth that required to be filled, required you know men to fill it. And he started the production or the filling process by creating man and woman and charged them with the responsibility of filling the entire earth. You see, what creation or Genesis gives us a glimpse of what God does in starting a thing. After God has created it, he puts the capacity within the thing to reproduce after its own kind. And that is why he called trees and trees just appeared. But the Bible said that he had put seeds in them so that now we can get the same kind of trees he created, not by him creating them again, but by the seeds that were embedded on their inside. Are you with me so far? So God's intention was to repopulate the entirety of the earth and he put that mandate squarely in the hands of man and said, replenish the earth, be fruitful and multiply. Now fast forward, man sins, we are in the days of Noah and the Bible says there was none found holy and righteous in the entirety of the earth except Noah. And God gives him an instruction, build an ark. The ark is built, the flood comes and everybody is destroyed but Noah and his sons and their wives. Genesis 9, the Bible says, God comes to them again and says, now be fruitful and multiply and replenish yet. Because in Genesis 1, that has been God's intention from day one. So even after destroying the earth, he comes back with the same instruction and says, now Noah, you, because I am starting a new generation with you, your mandate is to be fruitful, multiply and replenish the earth. Genesis 9. Now we come to Genesis 11. The Bible says a group of people had come to a place in Shina. They decided that as for us, we will not replenish, we will not scatter, we will not rebuild the earth. We like where we are, number one. Number two, we are going to build unto ourselves a tower and a city that touches the very presence of God. Number three, the Bible says this they did in order to make a name for themselves. So not only were they going against the original intent and instruction of God, they were also coming to look for a name for themselves. No man is empowered to rise up to have a name which is above the name of Yahweh. You can, the Bible says, and no flesh can glory in his presence. So once any man, anything, any entity, any knowledge places itself above the knowledge of God, God will fight it, God will resist it. You see, there are things God will not, God will not touch, will not, will not, um, does not have an interest in because those things have not tried to touch the supremacy and the authority of God. But whenever any man, person, or entity decides to now compete with God on the level of God, God is mandated by his integrity to fight it. And that is what the Bible says. He said, let us go down and see what they are doing. He didn't send Angel Gabriel to go and inspect and bring him a report because this is not a matter that concerns Angel. This is a matter that is touching God himself. Am I talking to somebody so far? And so he comes down to come and inspect and he says, these people, if we don't do something about it, not only would they build this, but they would also make that name that they are looking for for themselves. So God comes and confuses their language. The first thing he says, because the people have become as one, there is nothing that shall become impossible for them. I have taught you before, the thing that makes God God is the fact that to God all things are possible. Men have limitations. Some of your limitations is mathematics. People have limitations, whether I like it or not. People have different kinds of limitations. There is no man who is the end of it or who knows everything, who is self-sufficient. No, no, no. We are all dependent either on one another or on God, one way or the other. Amen. But to God in his dimension, all things are possible. 
And this is God testifying of these people and saying because of their unity and oneness, the way they are going, nothing shall become impossible for them. So not only are they making a name, they are also stepping into that thing that makes me unique as God. So to break it, I need to cause confusion to come. What that means, the first lesson here is this. One of the ways to be so powerful and strong is to walk in unity. You see, as Christians, the reason why there are things that they won't, they won't go and touch the Muslims with, but they will play around when they come to church is because we are not united. Many, many denominations believe in many, many things. In fact, we believe and hold on to denominational doctrines above loving other Christians or loving other people. I am right, you are wrong. We are so interested in being right that we think everybody else is the devil. But when we enter a place of unity, listen, nothing can stop us and nobody can stop us. That, that, that um, phenomenon, that doctrine of unity is so powerful that you as an individual must be united with yourself. Mm. Bible says, you are a spirit being, you have a soul, and you have a body. There are some of you seated here. There are days your mind is somewhere, your soul is in another place. Like you are in church, I say, let us pray right now. You see, your spirit is trying. Your mind is thinking about the exams you need to write, and have you learned enough, and how are things going to go for you, and your money is even getting finished in the account. So your flesh is saying one thing, but your mind is somewhere else, and they have not been brought in unity. And that is why sometimes when you ask God for something, which of you exactly is God supposed to answer? Is it your mouth or your mind or your spirit? I feel like I'm talking to somebody this morning. Because your mouth is saying one thing, but your spirit is communicating something else to God. So who am I listening to? The Bible says God is not the author of confusion. So if you are a confused entity, you're asking God for which of them should God answer? So one of the reasons why many husbands and wives are not receiving answers because the husband is looking for one thing, the wife is looking for another thing, but in the sight of God, the Bible says, and the two have become one. And so if one person is supposed to be asking me for something, and yet I'm hearing two voices from the same one body, which of them should I answer? Somebody say the wife. <laughs> which of them am I supposed to answer? But he said that people had one language and one speech. It's not only a matter of the specific language they were speaking. It has more to do with the oneness of their mind, oneness of their purpose, and oneness of their focus. So that, because, listen to it. How did they agree, all of them, so for, let us build a tower, and everybody said, yes, we'll build a tower. It goes beyond just the language to a certain dimension of mental agreement. They were aligned that they all agreed. Today, if we say we want to build a road in Agboba, everybody will say build it on my road. We can speak the same language, but even a simple project like a road, we will not agree on it. So it went beyond language. Although it was predicated or founded on the language they were speaking, it went beyond it. You know that when you speak the same language with somebody, there is a certain inexplicable connection you have with the person. Oh, can I get a witness in this place? Yeah. When, assuming you travel, you're out of this country, you are walking the streets of New York somewhere, and someone says, Quiet, Charlie. Immediately you hear, Charlie, ah, this is my countryman. You don't know him from Adam, you don't know her from Adam, but just because the language was spoken to you, it breaks down walls that you have put around yourself, and you begin to open up to that person because he spoke a language. You know, those days I remember when we were on campus, whenever I went to buy a secret weapon, was Apostle Phil. So when you are going to buy gobe, 
So, so go and speak the heaven. That means there. So when he gets there, he begins to speak and ah, that day we enjoy them. When we see Wache, he can speak house at So when we see Wache, we push you. Go and speak. Go and speak their thing then. It's like suddenly, you, you go and say, Madam, Mami, who are these people? But all of you are there to buy. The language breaks barriers. So there's a connection. And God knew that the only way to break, break these people is to break their language. Hallelujah. As a church, do we have one language? As a people, do we have one language? In your home with your husband, do you have one language? I remember one time somebody told me a story. A man and the, and, and the wife, uh, you know, God had blessed them with a child. And they were going to do a naming ceremony for the child. So the man and the wife had agreed this child would be named so, so, and so. On the day of the naming ceremony, the mother of the man came. And when the mother of the man came, they were having a conversation. The wife was not there. Having a conversation, what am I going to give this child? When he mentioned it, the mother said, I don't like it. Change it to this. Now the pastor has come. They are coming to do naming. They call the man and their wife. So what name do you want to give? And then the husband mentions the name the mother gave him. And the wife is shocked. Ah, what just happened here? What name is this? When did we discuss this? That went to the foundation of the marriage. As I'm talking to you now, it's so... If I'm about to crap, Because it has gone to the root. Oneness. Somebody say oneness. If you have a group of friends, are you united in one language, one purpose? Do you all have the same mindset? Because if some people's mindset is going to the east and you are going to the west, there will be confusion in there like Babel. In fact, the word Babel means confusion. The word Babel. It means confusion. So God, you know, poured confusion into what they were doing so that they couldn't achieve what they wanted to achieve. See, what you need to understand is that they said they wanted to make a name for themselves. God is the judge of motives. I will never stop saying this. If your whole life, everything is just about you, God will judge the motive and know exactly what you deserve. Amen. He wants PVC to be global. Question is why? You, you, why? So that everybody will know that you're in America. That's not a good enough reason in the sight of God. You can raise an American in America to do that job. So why? There has to be a motive that aligns with the will and the purposes of God. That they wanted to make a name for themselves. And guess what? What God did in Genesis 11 he read it on the day of Pentecost. Are you with me now? What God did in Babel in relation to their tower, he read it on the day of Pentecost. Because on the day of Pentecost, now listen, you see, this is what happens. When I've taught you, when people have oneness of language, it brings unity and they are able to achieve so many things. Do you agree? Number two, when they are diverse of languages, it brings spreading. Do we agree? Because if there are different languages, when you go to the Volta region, you find Everest. When you go to Central region, you find Francis. When you go to Ashanti, you find... You, so languages, you know, have a way of indicating locations. 
So people are geographically you know, spread on the basis of their language. Are you with me? So if you want to spread people, what do you do? Give them different languages. If you want people to be empowered to be able to achieve their purpose, give them one language. And so God decides on the day of Pentecost to give one language and give different languages. Because it is the language of the Spirit, but it is manifested in different ways that everybody's tongue is different from one another. So he gave us different ones so we can spread. And so the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, he says, and, and wait and tarry in Jerusalem for the coming of the Spirit. And he says, and when the Spirit of God comes upon you, you shall receive power to do what? To preach the Gospels in Samaria, in Judea, to the ends of the world. I am bringing power for you to be able to spread. But that power will, be, will come to you through the channel of the language. So I need to give you diverse languages. But because I still want you to be so powerful, to be able to achieve a lot of purpose, I'm still giving you one language, but there's so many languages. So the language of the Spirit is one language, but its expression is in different forms, in different places. Can I, can I preach at all this morning? That was God's mindset. Because for Babel, they wanted to do make a name for themselves. But for us, we want to make a name for him. To bring glory to him. So watch it. The first time after the Spirit of God came, who was the first to step out? Peter. What did he do? He preached a message about God. Because the purpose of that language was to bring glory to God. Am I talking to somebody this morning? There is power on the tongue of Christians. So I, it was important for me to start from here so that next week I can deal with the mystery of deliverance. Thank you for listening to the Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr. For more of these messages, please subscribe to his podcast and SoundCloud. It's Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr. To interact with him, like his page on Facebook, follow him on Twitter at Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr.